This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, yeah, give them to me. All right, now there's one person, um, Lonnie. You know Lonnie. Yeah, of course, from the company, sure. Yes. Uh, he has a picture of you on X. X. What am I doing in the picture? Uh, hey, OG Larry, look at Uncle Gordon on Wednesday after one of his sports desks reads. And Gordon, you are swamped by bees. That's not, that, that's not very nice. Swamped by bees. You know, the company, they, uh, they like to, they, they like to the, the needle you a little bit. That's not, uh, that's not what I'm looking for, Lonnie. That's not uh, what I'm looking for. M. Waters won. Gordon, sounds like the white vinegar idea is the way to go. Okay, well, that's even without the hose. So he said he would take the caller's advice, fill two or three buckets with the vinegar water mixture, go at late dusk so you can see, mm-hmm. dump or throw the mix on the nest, and run back home. All right. Well, Repeat. that's the one thing. I have a sliding door to the backyard. Oh. So the sliding door, and this time I'll wear the sneakers. The last okay. time I was in like a t shirt and flip flops, and I'm trying oh, to run away. Oh, chilling. Yeah. No, no, and of no. course, they, we have a nest camera in the backyard. Uh-huh. So the the wife and the kids they were watching dad get stung and run away, and that was that was endlessly entertaining to them. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. They loved oh, it. They loved nice. it. They they were laughing it up. Oh, that's not nice. No, Family, you're not getting huh? that footage, Joe. You can forget about it. that footage. Has, <laughs> is has been burned like that wasp nest is going to be burned before too long. <laughs> I think the white vinegar is the way to go. I, I'm I'm gonna do the white vinegar. Well, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. We're on tomorrow a little bit later, so I can do yes. it before the show. I'll give you an update. Perfect. And we'll see how that goes. So that's two big announcements tomorrow night. Yeah, two big announcements. And look, the announcement tomorrow, the real announcement tomorrow. Some people are gonna be very happy, and some people, <laughs> not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. But you have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Tune in. Yeah, you got to tune in. Interesting. Hey, Gordon, Aaron Judge had a 10.6 war last year. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you take 11 wins off the 2022 win total, the Yankees would have 88 wins. You know what that means? <laughs> you, wouldn't have made the play- you wouldn't have made the playoffs last year. No. No, they wouldn't have made it. And I did go back it. and look. The, the person who has played the most games in the outfield for the New York Yankees this year, Larry. Yes. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Unbelievable. You didn't want him. And he's produced a little bit. A little bit. Look, I like, what's the line? You like the cut of his jib? Like, here's a guy who's looking to do whatever he can to help out. Yes. But he's like me, you know, trying to help out when, when you need somebody to do something productive. I'm not very good at anything, but I'm willing to help. I'm willing to, I'm willing to give you whatever I got. I don't have yep. a lot, yep. but I'm willing to give it. To, but, I mean... It's not Isaiah Kiner-Falefa's fault. He's not writing his name in the outfield. Nope. It's he the, would rather the poor be roster construction of the GM that has him playing in the outfield on a regular basis when he's not, he's not an outfielder. He's the third baseman. This inexcusable. is the second year in a row they've played him out of position. And expect him to be good. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> they know best. Yeah, they know come best. on. They know baseball. Uh, and the scary I'm, thing is, yes. is that Kiner-Falefa had never played in the outfield before this year. Mm-hmm. And he's not the worst outfielder the Yankees have had so far this year. He's not. They've had people that have been far worse. Much. Yeah. His arm is not bad either. No. It's not great. But it's, no, it's he's not, not great. supposed to be he's an not, outfielder. It's like, it's like most parts of his game. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Not bad. You know, he's, he's doing what he's a guy off your bench. 
that's giving you a serviceable effort. That's and all that's you expect he, from your bench guy. That's guys. what he should be. He should be a bench player. He should be a guy to come in and steal a base or to fill in at third base to to you know for defensive purposes. Mm-hmm. He should not be the starting center fielder on a team that's spending two hundred and seventy five million dollars. Think about this. Bernie Williams, <laughs> Joe DiMaggio, <laughs> Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Isaiah Kondafalefa. IKF. It rolls. Rolls. Legendary center fielder. What a proud tradition. Yeah. (laughs) What a proud tradition. The next Yankeeography. Great center fielders. And there's IKF right there. Right there. I'm trying to think of who was the center fielder in 92. I think Bernie came up at the end of 92, but I don't know who the starting center fielder on the 92 team was. He was on the shuttle. Bernie was on the shuttle. Yeah, 92, yeah. Columbus shuttle. Back and forth. Back oh, was it Roberto Kelly? Maybe it was Roberto Could've Kelly. Could have been. Yeah. Who later turned into Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. Andre's in Westchester. What's up, Andre? Doing, gentlemen. Well, you know, first thing first, uh, I think that the Mets are in the right direction because, like, a person like Buck Showalter is, if you're not going to have a better evaluator of youth and talent, he's not a veteran's manager. He's a, like the developed talent which is also the formula help from the Yankees' success. My other thing I said was, I believe Brian Cashman inherited a vehicle. Remember, you remember, he never inherited a bad Yankee team. He had a formula. It lasted its run. He put patchwork into it. But when it got down to the nitty-gritty, he never knew how to actually put in uh, uh, talent that was properly scouted so and whatnot to put into these lineups uh, and, and, and rotations and so forth. It was patchwork. Uh, also believe that his stubbornness in terms of even reaching back, because maybe a Buck Showalter could have worked with this Yankee team. I know if George was alive, he would have hired him right back. Uh, also, I believe that with Boone, he too inherited, in, inherited a Yankee team that was already uh, – Girardi had it, it in place, put Judge in the number two slot, and basically his changes and his manager know-how, for example, do you think that Aaron Boone would have led the 96 Yankees to a World Series, which took a lot of managerial uh, know-hows to make that team achieve? Thank you for taking my call. All right, Andre, thanks for the phone call. Gordon, I'm going to say um, I don't know about that. I, that's That was a veteran team. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if if – Listen, I'm not trying to take any credit away from Joe Torre, but I'm just saying, Gordon, that was a veteran team. That team would have been good. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to play. It's hard to mess up a team like that. It would yeah, be hard I mean, to mess look, up a team it, you like know, that. they were down 0-2 in the series, and uh, maybe a guy without the experience of Joe Torre might have, you know, approached things differently. All I know is that when Boone was brought in here. It was presented as if his uh, his mindset, his his temperament, would be able to get the best out of the young Yankees. Right? He'd be yes. able to relate to them, and he'd make them feel good about themselves. And he would he would maximize the potential of the baby bombers. Yes. Well, that has not happened. The only baby bomber that's left is now Aaron Judge, who's here for another nine years. And you have to kind of say to yourself, it didn't work. Uh, whatever, you know, the, those first couple of years, they did win 100 games. They did get into the playoffs. They had a lot going for them. But that that window of opportunity, these things close. And yeah. the window of opportunity of that that 90, uh, that uh, 2017 team 
it's now closed and they got to kind of tear it down again and reconstruct it. And it's not going to be easy to do because they got some some load bearing walls that they're just not going to be able to move. No question about it. Uh, Roberto Kelly played 152 games in center field for the 1992 New York Yankees. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the names here. I pulled them up. Uh, some blasts from the Matt Noakes behind the plate. Oh, Matt Noakes. Kevin Moss, Danny Tartable, Mel oh, Hall, the gunslinger. Tartable. Mel Hall. Mel Charlie Hall. Hayes, his first, his first go-around. Wow. Andy Stankowitz. Oh, Andy Stankowitz. Come on. Oh. And even back then, the Yankees had a halfway decent bullpen. Steve yeah. Farr had a, had a very good year that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Lee Guterman, who did not have a very good year that year, but Lee <laughs> Guterman did have some some good runs. Sam Militello, that's a name that oh. Yankee fans of a certain age will remember. Yeah. Young young guy came up, looked like he uh, might have a, a shot, and then injured his arm and just was never the same. Bob Wickman, a lot okay. of a lot of familiar names there. Melito Perez was the Melito. staff ace back then. Hard to Melito. believe that they did not finish over 500. Melito. How about, no, Counter Montefusco? When was he? 94? Uh, he was a little bit before that. He was, I think he was late. Uh, I think he was late eighties. Okay. John Montefusco. Yeah, I know it was the giants, but he was in the, he right. ended up coming to the Yankees. Yeah. As well. Yep. Yep. Albertson was- Hudson. Albert, you're next on 98, seven. Albert. Hey, a long time listener. Hey, What's Albert. Up, Albert. This, this is my theory. What's wrong with the Yankees? It's called Al Steinbrenner. It's com- complacency. The stadium Look at the attendance. They're filling up. It's not a winning product. Yeah, a couple of games over 500. The stadium's still getting sold out. So what the hell? Why change it? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that Albert brings up a point that uh, a lot of fans feel that way, right? That Hal's a very bottom line kind of guy. Uh, He wants to have the team be in contention every single year, not necessarily because the pursuit is – of winning a championship at all costs, but because mm-hmm. it's good for business. It's good yep. to, to have that team in contention, and you're not going to have an empty building down the stretch of the season like we're going to watch in Flushing. But if the Yankees continue to play like they're playing right now, we're going to get the taste for for the first time in a long time. It's going to be weird to see the stadium like that, Gordon. It's going to be mm-hmm. weird. I mean, even uh, and our good friend Fooch is listening, uh, Fooch of MSG fame. Uh, mentioning that the Yankees missed the playoffs in Derek Jeter's last year. Yeah, but that that year it was like you know you're still kind of fresh off the, mm-hmm. the championship runs. They've missed the playoffs at certain times. Yep. But it hasn't been. You've had something to kind of hang your hat on in the previous years. Not that far. It's now 13 years. It's been a while. It's not. It's, it's very un-Yankee like. Yeah, it's been it's been a while now. Like when they won in '96. It had been forever since the Yankees yeah. had won a World Series. Mm-hmm. I think that was 18 years. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not that great at math. 18 and 13 aren't that much different, Larry. Nope. They're not. They're not. It's, 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 it's weird to see the Yankees in a situation like this hovering near 500 in August. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the last time they missed, uh, they, they, they did not finish above 500. 1992. Think about where you were. In 1992, it's been a while. 1992. I'm trying to oh, think boy. of what other. I think there was a year like 2013 that they weren't great. Yeah, they had a couple of years. 2013, they were 85 and 77, missed the playoffs. Uh, 2014, 84 and 78, missed the playoffs. 
2015, 87 and 75. But again, that that's that's sizably above five. Like I don't really, I'd have to go look, but I don't really feel like that they were ever threatening to not finish above 500. Right. Gordon, Lonnie has Lonnie was listening and he mm-hmm. has sent another message. Oh no. On X. We'll share what that is and take some more phone calls. And we'll even hear from Michael K. That's next on 987 ESPN. Get me out of here. Someone get me out of here. I need to be running this team. Have you heard this? Is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Gordon, you, he, now that's, that's more realistic than what we heard from Aaron Boone. <laughs> well, any, I mean, anything is more realistic than what we hear from Aaron Boone. Or really anybody uh, associated with the actual organization, you know, the the front office. Um, It just seems like that they're just going to put this face on it, despite what the facts say, despite what the numbers say. And uh, hopefully behind, and you know what, that would be okay if behind the scenes they're like, you know what, we really got to change this. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to believe that they're sitting there behind the scenes in the office and saying we got to change this when they didn't change anything off of last year. That's right. You're right. And this was crystal clear. This was easy for anybody to see. I mean, they're going out there. Jake Bowers is the leadoff hitter and Billy McKinney and IKF. And I mean, come on. It's a world of difference. It's a world of difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, Michael's comparing how it used to be. The Yankees used to be good. They're not good anymore. They had a window of opportunity. That window is now shut. Now they got to figure out a way to create a new window. It is shut down. It is locked. And, um, 
it's not going to get any better unless they make some moves. And I don't know that they're, they are ready to do that, Gordon. I don't know that they're ready to say, you know what? We messed up. We got to turn it around. Yeah. I think they're, they're more comfortable making excuses. Well, as you said, well, the injuries, boy, anybody loses a player like Aaron Judge, you know, man, what, what are you going to do? Right. Look, Aaron Judge is great. He is. He was literally the most valuable player in the American League last year, if not in the entire sport last year. Yeah, he's not the difference between a World Series contending team and a team that is floating three games above five hundred as we hit August. Wow, it's crazy. Now, before before we hear from Lonnie, to be fair, Gordon Lonnie via X. Did we say tweet it? Since it's still Twitter? Yeah, I, I still X? think it's a tweet, yeah. Okay. I'm a big believer in you get one chance to name it. Like when they all have all these ballparks, <laughs> I still call whatever the San Francisco Stadium is Pac Bell. That's still uh -huh. Pac Bell to me. Yep, you get one shot. Right. It's still yeah. Enron Field in, in Houston. I don't care what they're calling it now. It's still en You get one shot to name it something. <laughs> so I'm still going with Twitter. I don't care what you're going to try to change your name to. All right. So he says, mm -hmm. tell Uncle Gordon he knows it's all love. This is my little get back for trying to blame the company for the Mets falling off a cliff. Oops. Sorry, Larry. Respect. Now here. Well, in fairness, they still have not recovered from that company outing with the DPH on Rothenberg show. Here's Lonnie from Harlem on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, what's going on, my friend? Good, good, good afternoon, fellas. How are we doing? Um, good evening, good afternoon, or whatever you want to call it. OG, Larry, how you doing? Uncle I'm doing G, great, Lonnie. How you doing? Chantel, how are you? Joe, how are you? Now, Gordon, Uncle G, you know I'm only playing with you, but... No, I know, I know. I'm, I, I, it's all in good fun. I like breaking chops as much as anybody. Oh, oh trust me, I know, because <laughs> I, 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 I follow you on Twitter and on Instagram, and I, I see how much you're, uh, you love to post all the gifts. Like you said, you're going to run out of gifts eventually, especially for the Mets or the Yankees. It doesn't matter. You can use a bunch for either team at this point, unfortunately. Now... Now, what you, now, Uncle G, what you should do instead of killing those wives, right? Because clearly all the buzz that the Yankees need is in your backyard. Maybe you should take what the guy was saying earlier with the whole duct tape and garbage bags. I thought he was talking about kidnapping somebody more than he was talking about trying to get rid of wasps. But, like, maybe you should take all of that up, bag all of that up, and throw it into the Yankees' dugout or, or whatever because, my goodness, last night, was horrible. The fact that Cease walked three batters at first and then we didn't score there, then he comes out and does it again. And we still ain't score. It's stuff like that. Once again, I try to be a realistic Yankee fan. I try not to run up the wall. That's certain things like that, though. I was I was talking to Joe. I was very close to putting my foot up on the wall last night. Wow. Because that makes no sense. The team is just built so bad that we could get runners on, and we still can't score. Cease was basically telling us to score. And then the fact that he was able to get out of that jam, it's just like, wow. This is what us Yankee fans – sorry, Larry, I know it's been bad over there too for the Mets, but this is what us Yankee fans has resorted to watching too. Like, we got to watch this now? And then the fact that we – people like me, suckers, we still sit there and watch this crap. It's honestly beyond disgusting. Changes need to happen whether that's from the, the top being Cashman or Boone. And once again, I try not to call for nobody's job, 
but something needs to happen. So, Gordon, maybe these last 50 some odd games, if you bring those wasps up into the, 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 the dugout and stuff like that, maybe it'll help. It'll get them jumping around and, and whatever. Because it, 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 at this point, it's horrible. Both New York teams, we, like, it's, it's bad baseball that we have to watch. Now, obviously, the Mets did what they did, and the Yankees didn't do anything. And it seems like they they just not doing anything at all. After the deadline is over, and now it's like, oh, let's just take this nose dive into the into the offseason. That's what it seems like. I know they said we're in it to win it. That's a joke. What a laughable joke when Cashman said that. We're in it to win it. And now you got Boone and all the players sounding like robots just talking about the same thing. So, yep. listen, if not for you guys and sports radio, I don't think a lot of us fans of New York teams would be seen. But thankfully we have you guys. We have ESPN, so... That's all I really call in to say. Uncle G, you already know it's all love. OG Larry, it's all love. Shout out to the company, of course. Joe and Chantel, you guys have a great night. All right, Lonnie, thanks for checking in. Gordon, it is, you know, it's funny. Because sometimes you can hear Yankee fans and they're, they're kind of spoiled. You know what I mean? Because they've had success, Gordon. They, mm -hmm. They've had they've had winning. You guys know yeah. what winning championships are. You're, you've, been, you've had sustainable success. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't need pity, but I mean, come on, Gordon, I, I, I root for for a basketball team that for a couple of seasons their win total began with a one. Yeah, you know, there's, I, there's far worse uh, positions to be in now. Yankee fans have gotten. But this year, to, Gordon, yeah. I, I got, I have to say, this year, now you know how it feels. Yep. <laughs> now you know how it feels. Yeah, you're getting to see how the other half lives, and. Um, it's not, you don't like it. <laughs> you don't like it. And, and the thing is, if, if there had been some payoff, I think what happened was the 2017 team seemed like, okay, this is now the new chapter of the Yankees, right? Mm -hmm. This is a new, this is a new um, uh, foundation. And each year you felt like, okay, we, we got to get over the hump. We got to get over the hump. They never, got, they never got over the hump. They never got back to the hump, right? I yeah. mean, 2017, they got to within a game of the World Series have never been able to get that close again. So, and, and now it feels like that window of opportunity is, is shut. And, and now it's, gonna, it's probably going to be a while. Unless they, unless they have some unbelievable thing up their sleeve that they can pull. But I don't see what that could be, especially given the moves that they've made here the last couple of years. They're in the position that they're in, not just because they've gotten older and, and, and more um, stagnant in the line. It's because of the moves that Brian Cashman has made here the last couple of years. They have been disastrous. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like anybody's going to pay for that. But they should. And Somebody. It's like with the Mets when we were talking earlier in the year about, you know, do you fire Buck Show? You got to do something. Yeah. You got to do something. It's sad, but I don't think he's coming back, Gordon. I, I mean, how can you how can you bring him back? He he doesn't and I mean, I'm not saying he's this other, otherworldly great manager, but Gordon, does he deserve to go through a rebuild of two more years? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it is going to be. Obviously, it's not going to be World Series or bust next year. But how much of it? How much of the dial is pointing towards bringing up youth and going with like a kind of a youth movement, and how much of it is still riding primarily through veterans? Because well, I think a large part of it is going to be – I mean, the pitching staff is going to have to be because yeah, there's, no, gonna young, to be, there's right? no young arms there. Right, no. That's what I'm saying. So, 
I, I think it'll kind of depend on whoever is going to be, assuming you have a head of baseball operations, if they if they feel like Buck deserves another year. But it, it's a three-year deal for him? Yeah, I think he so. He got a three-year deal, so the next year so. is going to be the final year of that contract. Yep. Extend him beyond that? I don't know. I don't know. But it is going to be interesting to see what they do because, I mean, the most you can hope for as a Met fan, which is crazy, is that you're in the same position you're in right now fighting for but fighting for a wild card. Like maybe the second wild card or the third wild card. That that's the best you can hope for. Because I what what makes me think that Starling Marte is going to have a better year than a, a, a he's always been injury prone Gordon. Yeah. He always has had that. Mm-hmm. All right, so why would I think that next year he's going to be 100% healthy? Why would I think that Francisco Lindor is going to really like this is my team. I'm going to show you what I can do. Why would I think that which Jeff McNeil is going to show up? Is it going to be the one from the first half of the year? Or is it going to be the one that rode a week into the uh, trading deadline and beyond where he looks like, you know, the batting champion from 2022? So w- which one of these guys? Now, look, Alvarez, I think, will be really good. I hope he takes the next step. Uh, Beatty, I don't know now. I mean, I don't know. Is he shot? Is he going to be able to put this behind him? Is he? I mean, Keith Hernandez was talking about it last night on the broadcast. Gordon, he said when he got sent down early in his career, he was hesitant to come out of the dugout. He was so embarrassed and his confidence was lost. How does that happen? Gordon, he's on a team that is punting for the rest of the season, and he can't stay up here because he's been that bad? They figure he's that broken? What does that do for his confidence? And, and there is also something to be said for you know, we, we talk about prospects and minor leaguers and this guy's going to come up and that guy's going to come up. And we make it out as fans as if these guys come up as finished products or they get drafted by these organizations as finished products when there is a development that needs to take place within the organization. So all these guys that the Mets got from all these other organizations, they might have turned out better at those other. I mean, the Mets have not done a great job of, of turning out prospects, and I don't know that they're going to do a great job of, of turning out these guys. Now, they've had some guys. Pete Alonso is clearly one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Nemo has turned out to be a really yeah. good player. So it's not – I don't think they're as bad as what maybe the Yankees are at turning out prospects. But it's not like they're at the top of the food chain when it comes to that either. So, nope. you know, just because you go with a youth movement, those players are not just – it's not that they're a clear cut. They're going to be the same guy in any organization. There's part of the organization to blame if those guys don't work out. More of your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. I want these son of a guns to suffer. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Loves him. He does. They have not loved him back. They have not. It's been the one-way relationship so far. <laughs> <laughs> toxic. Some people would call that a toxic relationship, Larry. It's been one way. There's no yeah. question about it. It's no, been one no way. No question. But it has the possibility of being some reciprocation here this year, possibly. Now, of course, hard knocks happens, uh, you know, tonight. 
We'll get a chance to see the first time. By the way, did you? Uh, I got a little uh, notification. Mm-hmm. One Jets Drive. Uh, they're having their debut tonight as well. Oh, I I, I, don't, I have not watched One Jets Drive. Yes, the they have their their. Uh, they, I know they have their own kind of production yes. team, and that was yes. one of the issues about. Uh, yes. I'm guessing the HBO vehicle will, will draw more eyeballs. I know I will watch that. When the show is over tonight, I will fire up the... the I, I still can't believe that they called it Max. Max. Ma- I mean, what is this this obsession <laughs> with these X's, right? X, <laughs> X and Max and... It's, so st- it's HBO. That's what it is. HBO has a brand. Why would you call it something that people call their dog? I mean, come on. I don't get it. I you don't understand me. it. Yeah, two choices. We could call it HBO or we could call it Max. Yeah. Well, by all means, let's call it Max. That sounds bad. I mean, that's a great call by the executives. I mean, we have to move forward. You know, HBO has been around. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's stale. We have to move forward. I've been very busy working on this. I polled 1,000 people, and they told me that we need to move for freshen up. We're freshen things up. You know. oh, <laughs> been very busy. <laughs> it's HBO. It's HBO. It's always going to be HBO. You know, and they used to have that, that ad. It's not TV. It's HBO, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's telling you that it's different. It's separate. Yeah. It's better. It's really different now. <laughs> yeah. Some stuff going on there. So, Gordon, according to the NFL Network on NFL.com, they have rated the top 100 players of 2023, voted on by the players themselves. Okay. Now, did you see the top 10? I did not, no. Let me give you the top 10 there, Gordon Damon. Okay. All right. Number this 10. Is NFL Network that did this? Yes. Okay. All right. This number 10 is Chris Jones. Okay. Kansas City defensive end. Uh-huh. Uh, if Currently I remember correctly. Currently holdout right now. That's what I thought. Still yeah. wants some money. He's like, uh-huh. Quentin Williams got paid. Show me the money. Yeah. Number nine, Michael Parsons. Linebacker okay. for for Ray Santiago's Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Josh Allen. Quarterback, Buffalo okay. Bills. All right. Feels All a little right. high for me, but okay. Coming off the year that he had last year, but okay. All right. Number seven, mm-hmm. your guy, the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Hill. Wow, look, he, I mean, he was absolutely unbelievable last he year. Was. I thought, I don't know if he ever did get MVP votes. I mean, he, he was unbelievable he was. and did so with, you know, Tua being banged up as much as he was. Guy was open every time. And every time, he, he, even if he caught a, a simple little six or seven yard pass, yeah, it's a six or seven. He has ways of turning and turning on the jet where guys just don't get him. It's unbel- yeah. He's unbelievable. That's why, he, that's why he shows you the peace sign when he runs past you. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> he's great. He is sensational. Number six, currently with a calf injury, Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Number five, speaking of open, he's always open. He's always Travis open. Kelsey. Always open. You need a first down, just throw it to Kelsey. He's standing there. There's nobody guarding him. It's, it's unbelievable. Never, Every ever. single play, the guy's just standing there by himself. He runs another five yards. It's unbelievable. It is. Number four, Nick Bosa, that Defensive guy. Player of the Year in 2022. Number three, Gordon, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Is this just based on last year? Or this is this is like projections for this no, year. They this think is, in, this is, in this moment right now, Jalen Hurts is the third best player in the NFL. Um, let's see. Um, this was voted on by the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really sure. Okay, not really sure. 
but it does seem kind of high. But as Jolio pointed high. out, yeah. he was in the Super Bowl last year. He was. He's, he was he, Super he Bowl. had an excellent season last year. Absolutely. But if you would have said last year that Jalen Hurts was the third best player in the NFL a year from now, people would have laughed at you. They sure would have. Boy, did he turn. Boy, did he did he get a passing arm? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over over one season, and he uh, was incredible last year. He but. was. He was. Gordon, uh, he got a lot of publicity last year. He is an outstanding receiver. He is number two. Plays for the Minnesota Vikings. He is Justin Jefferson. Okay. Justin Jefferson certainly had an unbelievable year last year. And yep. uh, I can tell you from a fantasy football perspective, a lot he of people He was good for you, like, wasn't he? Yes. He's going to be the uh, in a lot of your drafts. He's going to be the number one player taken this year. He's very mm-hmm. hot right now. Yes. And number one, you know him, you love him. Yep. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Star Patrick of that uh, quarterback series on uh, Netflix. Does a nice job. Yes. Does a nice job. Um, can I tell you, though, I kind of feel bad for Marcus Mariota in that, <laughs> in that quarterback. Yeah, he, he did not. He did not. As they say in the business, he did not get a good edit. No. No, <laughs> he his did edits not, are not good. No, he did not. No. He did not get a good edit there, that's for sure. I mean, he, he gave up two games <laughs> in one week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... It was not good. It was not good. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Go ahead. We have a couple of calls. Then we'll go. I'll give you numbers 20 to 11. You might okay. find those uh, interesting as well. Subi's in Midtown. Subi, join us on 9870 ESPN. Hey, guys. I was wondering about the Jets season towards the end of last season. I think they had some issues with penalties. And uh, obviously that big, big determination of, of how the season will go is penalties special teams and limiting turnovers i'm just wondering do you do you see that situation improving and if it doesn't improve is rob sala accountable for that and also uh, regarding the yankees do you feel like the yankees are listening to the players too much this season and that's the downfall they're not going to have any improvement next season uh, with the way that they've been a player only team um from the past couple of years rather than, you know, some disciplinarian. I would like to see Kevin Long uh, as a manager next year. That's all I got to say. All right, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Kevin Long is a manager. I don't know if he's a disciplinarian. He was, he, you talk about the ultimate player's guy. Kevin Long was the ultimate player's guy when he was a hitting coach for the Mets. Mm-hmm. He was the ultimate player's guy there. Uh, he spent some time with you guys. Yes, absolutely. Long time yeah. Yankee hitting coach, sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll tackle the, let's tackle the Jets one first, Gordon. Uh, Subi, yes. <laughs> he will be held accountable. If that defense slows, if that defense doesn't pick up on turnovers, if that defense commits penalties, if that defense uh, uh, doesn't get off the field on third down, if that defense has major penalties, Gordon, or gives up on third and 15, they give up 16 and it's consistent. Yes, Robert Sala is going to be held accountable. There's no question about it. Because allegedly, from Aaron Rodgers, the defense, which he witnessed firsthand, are one of the reasons that he felt he could come here and make the difference. Because he saw how bad the quarterback play was firsthand. And so he felt he could make a difference because of the defense. The defense has to take a step forward. And uh, I had a conversation with Willie Colon Sunday, Gordon. And I asked him, and I get this preseason. I even get this the first game of the preseason. I even get that you're not not even your second best, but your third, fourth, and fifth guys, teamers were in. But Gordon still, 
they lost on the drive where they gave up a bunch of penalties. And so for me, you know, that has to, you have to have accountability from the top all the way back. Because if, if you're going to make this team, and I'm going to try to put you on special teams or backup or a practice squad or whatever, if you're committing penalties, Gordon, I don't want you on my team. I don't need that. Those are extra points that you're extra opportunities that you're giving offenses in the National Football League. And with the schedule they have, the teams they're playing are just too good for you. You got to get off the field while you can. It feels like the penalties have been an issue going back to Todd Bowles. Even before him? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) maybe, yeah, Rex as well. I mean, it just feels like every year we're talking about penalties with the Jets. So I will say this. I I think the the offense, that is not an area where you should be blaming Robert Sala, but that means that everything else, almost he should get more blame then, right? Like he has less to do than than an ordinary head coach, it almost feels like, because they've outsourced their offense to the quarterback. Yeah. But that means that he has to be buckled up and, and buttoned up on all the other areas of the team, especially ones that have been repeated problems time yeah. and time again. And, and penalties is certainly one of them. There's no question about it. And you know what, Gordon? It's, it's a thin line for him because he is the head coach. Yep. He's got to sit in on those offensive meetings. He's got to be able to give them his input on what defenses are going to do. So while, yes – he has he has really, you know, turned it over to the the law firm of Hackett and Rogers. Mm-hmm. He's still got to be involved in it. It's like once again referring to the conversation Willie Colon and I had on Sunday. It's the same criticism that Rex Ryan took when he outsourced his offense to his offensive Chan Gailey. when he did it to mm-hmm. was it Gailey it was somebody one of the offensive coordinators he did. And he gave it to them, and it's like. No, you can't do it. Just like you can't have Adam Gay sitting on the bench looking at a white sheet while the defense is on the field when you're the head <laughs> while coach. The game, while the game is going on. Yeah, you can't. You, by himself, you, just drawing on a little whiteboard. <laughs> this guy goes up here and that guy turns there. Yeah. Why can't, he's sitting there pounding the whiteboard. Why doesn't play 16 work? The first 15 work. Why doesn't yeah. play 16 work? And it doesn't. It never did. It never did. Nope. That's part of the reason why he's in the – Part of the reason why he's not in the National Football it, it, League. Now. It's funny. We talk about guys. We were talking earlier about you know Boone will get hired by somebody else, and it feels like these NFL head coaches they recycle all the time too. Mm-hmm. You've not heard a peep. <laughs> you have not heard a single peep about where Adam Gase is. You can't. You can't. That's how bad he was. And he wasn't that bad in Miami. No, he wasn't. They got into the playoffs one time. Um, now they got hammered when they got there, but uh, yeah, it was more. At functional least he got there. him there. Yeah, it was more functional there. And I, when they, when the Jets hired him, I said, "Oh well, he's not going to be." The, you know, fans were very distraught at that point because that was the last guy that they wanted. Absolutely. And uh, at the time, I said, "Well, you know, he's not the worst." Well, turns out I was wrong. He was. <laughs> he was the worst. I remember saying, "How would you? Why would you?" He didn't make the playoffs that year that they hired him. Right, the year after that year before they hired him. I'm like, why would you want him? And part of the teams he beat were you. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny because one of the one of the big mantras in sports, well, you listen to the fans long enough, you'll be sitting mm-hmm. with the fans. Yep. With a lot of these organizations, listening to the fans would be a better path forward. <laughs> it's true. No question. Because the fans, they might get a lot wrong. That Gase hiring, they nailed that one out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> they nailed that one, Larry, right away. It was clear. It was clear. clear. 
crystal clear. You know what, Gordon? I didn't know Joe Leo could jump that high. He wants us to take a break. Oh, okay. You see him jumping up and down over there? I wow, do see that's him. Impressive. Yep, absolutely. Wow, that's impressive. Chantel's just shaking her head. Uh, so am I. Well, we'll break. Hard to see you, Damien Prograsso. We'll take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. If I have to drive my car into the wasp nest, 